0: Welcome back to the Echoing Christ podcast. Today we are interviewing our senior pastor, J.D. Trailer, who is bringing to the table over 30 years of ministry experience, and we're excited to talk to him today about evangelism. So listen in.
1: Welcome back to the Echoing Christ podcast. It is your co-host, Alex. I'm here today with three other gentlemen, one you know, Kinser, to my right, we have a couple of new gentlemen. Uh first I will introduce Mr. Dean. Dean is actually gonna be Riley's replacement while Riley is out west doing some or having some adventures, I'll say it that way. So Dean is fourteen, he's actually a goes. Oh, oh, he's my, fifteen. My bad, I'm sorry I don't know. I suck at telling how old you guys are. But no, Dean is a great kid, um, just a, a kid with his heart on fire for the Lord, and it's, it's absolutely been a pleasure to actually spend last week in Milwaukee with him, getting to speak with him. Um, his older brother, AJ, and his little sister, Elise, I actually remember telling his mom when we got back that it was a pleasure to be just around them and just learn uh, more about them. And then across the table from me is our lead pastor, as Kinzer introduced him in the intro, Mr. J.D. Traylor. Um, How many years have you been a in, in the ministry for now, JD?
2: You know, we, we left uh, our home in, in Anderson, Indiana in 1980 and went to seminary, got to pastor church while I was in seminary, mm-hmm. starting in 1980, mid-1980, so since that time. Okay,
1: all right, so quite a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, we're going to get to interview JD today. Um, I might have Dean actually introduce himself a little bit so you guys get to know him, so Dean, would you care to introduce yourself to the people?
3: Yes, I am uh, Dean Coulter. I've lived in Madison for, I think, five years now. Uh, I used to live in Greenwood, Indiana. Uh, I'm attending Christian Academy of Madison, and uh, I am active there in basketball, and I say I do pretty well academically. Good.
1: I'd say so. I think yeah. you're pretty good. I'd say you're pretty good. All right. Um, so, it, yeah, I don't know which one of you two wants well, to ask the first the, question. I guess just,
0: like, <laughs> opening up. Uh, just tell us a little bit about how you got to Hanover Baptist Church and just kind of years of ministry, kind of some eras, what are some sure. highs some lows, just a little bit about Hanover Baptist sure. Church. Sure.
2: Okay, and and I was in law enforcement uh, mm-hmm. prior to coming into the ministry and, and involved in a Christian police fellowship that would go around to different churches and places and, and share a testimony of what the Lord meant. In our life, what he'd done for us, how he, how he had uh, been a blessing, and uh, just it was, it was an evangelistic effort. Mm-hmm. But um, I think during that time, the Lord planted a seed in me that that, uh, that ministry was where I ought to be. And our pastor got sick that that uh, summer of and um, summer of 1979 way back, before some of you guys were born, <laughs> and uh, asked me to fill in for him, and I did that, and just during that time, the Lord just confirmed that this is where you need to be, and so we, we uh, prepared, I went to seminary, we had three children at the time, moved, left left our house and moved into a little two-bedroom apartment at the seminary village there in Louisville, and, and uh, not too often long after I'd been there, I had the opportunity to pastor a little church down toward Tell City, Indiana, mm-hmm. a little town called Candleton, and uh that was an adventure. I was the fifth pastor in five years. There. Oh, wow! <laughs> I had a lot of turbulence and uh, a lot of ups and downs. And and the Lord uh, taught me some things. And and, uh, and the Lord blessed me. And it was an honor to to be there. But uh, finished seminary, and it was. It was it was a little difficult. There was an eighty mile one way drive to school, wow. Wow. and so uh, back and forth. And uh, the, fortunately, there was another brother there who was also pastoring a, a church while he was in seminary. We shared some rides some of the time, uh, but got through that. And, and uh, Hanover Baptist you know, was looking for a pastor, and, and the Lord uh, hooked us up with him. We came here in, in uh, October of nineteen eighty two, and it's been a blessing.
1: So the seminary you went is that the same one that Kenzer attended as yes, well? That's okay. Right.
2: They, you know, they thought about shutting the place down after I shut the show. I Gotcha, I gotcha. <laughs> they knew it was brighter home <laughs> with people like Kenzie. <laughs> it, it is a
0: different environment for you at Southern because there was some liberalism it and was. theological pushback. Yes, yes. Yeah. Some,
2: there were a few times it felt like a well, quite a few times a duck out of water. Mm-hmm. But there were some other uh, conservative students as well. Yeah. Uh, but but there certainly were some. Some things that were uh, troubling Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, Dr. W.A. Criswell Mm -hmm. made a good point. I think it applies not just to when you're reading a book or whatever. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you'll find something that you struggle with, you don't agree with. Mm -hmm. He said it's kind of like eating a piece of fish. You know, when you come to a, when you're eating a piece of fish, if you come to a bone, you don't throw the whole fish away. Mm-hmm. You eat around the bone, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so you know there's some some bones we have to eat around, and, and uh, issues we just mm-hmm. work through. And yeah. sometimes you agree to disagree mm-hmm. about things. We try to try to still be respectful and loving, mm-hmm. and that you know and it, that takes place in a in a in a work environment, in a church, in a family. Yeah, uh, we just we just bound to love one another and move mm-hmm. on ahead. Absolutely.
1: You
0: know? and in my in my first year of undergraduate it was kind of i had to fight a lot um and i would say it like m- equipped me more to be able to like what do i actually believe and why do i believe it getting back to the scriptures so sometimes god can use a situation like that to get you deeper in what's true absolutely and scripture say no
3: why you believe what you believe yep.
0: mm-hmm.
3: exactly so uh starting us off with the first question that's uh the topic here is uh, why is evangelism important?
2: Well, it's of the utmost importance, and, and you know the, the last thing Jesus said before He ascended into heaven was was to go into all the world, mm-hmm. and and really, you know, I think a better interpretation of that is is as you go or as mm-hmm. you are going, you need to share this mm-hmm. good news. And why do we need to share it? Because if people say no to Jesus mm-hmm. in this life, mm-hmm. they don't get to go be, be with Him in the next life. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you don't receive Him mm-hmm. on a personal basis, and that's more than joining a, a church, more than baptism, mm-hmm. more than some religious ritual, more than being born into a Christian yeah. home, mm-hmm. uh, but but if you don't personally mm-hmm. encounter Him, repent of your sins, realize mm-hmm. you were lost and need to be found, the blood of Christ is the mm-hmm. only cleansing agent. Mm-hmm. If you don't come to Him like that, then then you're going to be forever lost. Mm-hmm. And so we've been given this message. This is—I uh, I like the the motto, the slogan that Adrian Rogers' ministry uses. This is love worth finding, and it's love worth finding and love worth sharing. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus tells us to to share that, and and so that's uh, that's certainly what we we want to do, and we and we need to do though. Though it seems so many times we don't do it so very well.
1: Well, and like famous atheist, it's Penn, right? It's not Mm -hmm. Teller, it's Penn. Mm -hmm. I mean, he talks about it and someone shared the gospel with him and obviously he's still like practicing atheism, but he said, like, how much would you have to hate somebody not to share the gospel with them? I mean, so if you call yourself a Christian, I mean, you're taught to love everyone, so you should be sharing it. I mean, for an atheist to be able to make that realization that like you would have to hate someone Not to share the gospel with them, I think that should like kind of tell us like, hey, if we're not sharing it, like we're definitely wrong here.
2: That's right. Mm -hmm. It's like there's a bridge out Mm -hmm. up ahead, and if we know the bridge is out, and we know somebody's going to crash and burn, Mm -hmm. then then we're negligent, we're failing, Mm -hmm. we don't try to Mm -hmm. warn them about that. And and you know, we're not just trying to help people avoid hell. Mm -hmm. We're trying to help people find the abundant life. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, "I came that you might have life and Mm -hmm. have it more abundantly." John Mm ten ten. So uh, you know the the benefits of knowing Jesus are, mm-hmm. are now and later, yep. well, long term later. <laughs> Absolutely. Hadn't. But uh, if, if there were no heaven or hell, I'd still want to, want to know mm-hmm. Jesus because of the joy and the mm-hmm. peace mm-hmm. and the foundation mm-hmm. that, that He gives. I mean, there's a reason for living. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was noticing my my wife had picked up. Uh, some little exterior lights mm-hmm. that, that shine up on the house, and they're mm-hmm. like shaped up like a rock, so it mm-hmm. just looks like a little rock. But mm-hmm. like, but but uh, the brand name on the product was Real Life, and I thought, mm-hmm. you know, that's not real life. Mm-hmm. Just having a pretty light on your house, or mm-hmm. or, a, or a nice house, or the best cars, or yeah. clothes, or whatever. Yeah. Real life is no where you came from mm-hmm. that you're not an accident that you were made mm-hmm. by God who loves you mm-hmm. you you came from him you're alive through him and mm-hmm. and that you have a a wonderful father mm-hmm. child relationship mm-hmm. with him here and you know like that that old song in the garden and he walks with me and he talks mm-hmm. with me and he mm-hmm. tells me I'm his own <laughs> We have that sweet fellowship with Him, and then to to know why we're here that, that there's purpose to life. We're not we're not just some speck of protoplasm that ended up as an accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're purposeful mm-hmm. beings made by God for God, and and we're going to come back and live with Him. Mm-hmm. So that that's real life. Mm-hmm. Real life is not a product. Or real life is not stuff mm-hmm. that that you can buy at the store. Mm-hmm. Real life is what we found, and and. If it's love worth finding,
0: it's love worth sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw a, a few days ago on the back of a truck here locally, they had a sticker, and it said, uh, He who dies with the most toys wins. It's like, <laughs> mm, he who dies with the most toys dies, and you actually, if you don't have Christ, you'll lose. Like, yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's a sad reality, but if it is that love worth sharing and finding, like that's what we have to... Be all about. That's right. You don't take those toys with you. Nope. Exactly. Can't take um, you no. all to yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. there's
1: heaven. I, I wish I remember. I could remember the, the name of the artist, but there's a song and it says, I've never seen a hearst with a trailer hitch. Yeah,
0: that's good. <laughs> I mean, that's good. Um, so, so JD, being in church life and pastoring and having unique opportunities and challenges with that, how have like evangelistic events been helpful? How have they maybe not gone so well? And like, what would your advice be to just the church at large, church members on the events for evangelism? Sure,
2: sure. And and you know, we do we do need those events. We do need daily mm-hmm. to be on our toes. Mm-hmm. I think when you know when we get up in the morning, it's a good prayer to pray, Lord, um, would you use me today? I'm here. I'm available. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready. And I'm willing. Uh, but but uh, so as we go, we we are ready and poised uh, to share the gospel. But I, I think ev- ev- every church service ought to be evangelistic, and and uh, we don't want to for folks to to come through the doors not having heard about the blood of Jesus and and its its cleansing power and, and walk out without having had an opportunity to to align up with Him. So you know we we those church services, and then then we do. You know, we just try to do some other things. Uh, we we do some outreach visiting where we we go uh, talk to some folks. When when uh, we find out some somebody new has moved in near us, uh, mm-hmm. uh, whether whether it's near to the church or, or near to my house, I want mm-hmm. to to visit some new neighbors mm-hmm. uh, at my house and and also uh, near the church. We want to want to try to reach out to them. But then, you know, there there are events. Uh, Revival services are probably not what they used to be. Mm-hmm. It used, used to be, it seems like a lot of places had a spring revival mm-hmm. a fall revival. And through the years, we've, we've had some of those. We've recently had this, this uh, tremendous mm-hmm. revival service uh, here on the, on the mm-hmm. property and, mm-hmm. and Kinsley U and the Collegiate Ministry and a, and a whole bunch of others uh, participated in that and, and we had, had four people, all fairly young people. Mm-hmm make that quality decision I'm going with Jesus mm-hmm. and, and so uh, that was a, a an excellent event so you know sometimes you have that things uh, sometimes things don't turn out just you know the way mm-hmm. you wish they would ever you don't don't get the response or, or uh, people don't get there maybe there's you never know. There's bad weather or mm-hmm. this or that, but we do have events, and then we have those events like like you. All three of you guys mm-hmm. just got back mm-hmm. from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. on that leader trip trip. Mm-hmm. You know, Twenty seven of you, mm-hmm. and and a young man mm-hmm. came made a quality mm-hmm. decision to give his life to Christ. Mm-hmm. So so that was an evangelistic yeah. event. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we've got Vacation Bible School coming in mm-hmm. next month. Mm-hmm. That will that'll be a, an event to love children and mm-hmm. teach them about Jesus. But but there'll be a an appeal of evangelism mm-hmm. with that as well. So, so I think everything uh, that that we do, and and I think Ken's going to get into this later. We we try to do some sports events mm-hmm. that that have an evangelistic feel, uh, mm-hmm. evangelistic foundation. Really, mm-hmm. to them.
1: All right. So, um, one question I do have, um, trying to talk about like why is evangelism import- important? And we know that. God um, asks us, like, God tells us to do that, or Christ tells us to do that. Um, and sometimes that can be scary, but, like, how do we rely on God for that growth in those scary times?
2: I think we just, you know, we've got to be prayed up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We need to have our sins confessed up to The yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Bible says in Psalm sixty-six, eighteen, if, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord mm-hmm. won't hear my mm-hmm. prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I, th- I think we got to be in touch uh, with him, and uh, and I yeah I believe there's some truth in that analogy that we're kind of mm-hmm. like a sponge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it comes into the sponge mm-hmm. and then it's wrung out. Yeah. But if nothing comes into it, you mm-hmm. can't wring anything out of it. Yeah. So so I think evangelistic ministry as an individual and as a church really hopefully kind of stems from an overflow uh, that mm-hmm. that. You know, this is important to us, mm-hmm. and there's an effervescence about us. And so, mm-hmm. I, I, and and honestly, I, I confess that more times than I could ever think about, mm-hmm. I have have uh, tried to maybe witness to somebody mm-hmm. as an obligation, like, mm-hmm. well, I'm expected to do this, mm-hmm. you know. But but it wasn't really out of, wasn't really out of deep love for Jesus and deep love for that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just going through the motions and I think I think that's what we have to be on guard about yeah. we can kind of be blase about that and, mm-hmm. and routine and okay mm-hmm. I did it Lord I, I talked mm-hmm. to somebody about Jesus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that monkey's off my back mm-hmm. it's not a monkey off our back mm-hmm. but but it's it's easy for that to happen and I mm-hmm. think Satan wants to tarnish mm-hmm. take some, some of the glow mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit and, and so we can't just go through the
1: motions mm-hmm. of it. okay. and it's it's kind of interesting. I'm actually reading C. S. Lewis' book, The Screwtape Letters, and it gives like the side of like a more elder devil, I guess is the way it would be worded in the book. And like he's minute, or not Wow, that was about to be a terrible way. Mentoring <laughs> <laughs> a like a younger one on how to like win this human towards like the devil And as we all know, C.S. Lewis is, like, he's an amazing author, for one, and we'll actually talk about his book, Mere Christianity, in a couple weeks. But um, great Christian, I mean, throughout history. I mean, one of the best, like, Christian authors there is, in my opinion, at least. But, like, talks about some of the tactics, and like, like, J.D. was kind of mentioning, like, how Satan works, and I mean, and you almost kind of get an idea of, for like, how, like, you see these things, you think back into your life, and it's like, was there, like, a little devil in me, like, working this way, like, trying to win me that side, like, listening to these things, thinking about these things, like, doing these not because I want to, but doing things out of just sheer obligation to it. Mm-hmm. So I think that is actually a really good book to read, just to get that vantage point. Um,
3: uh, another question that I had was, uh, what are the challenges you see in evangelism? And, like, you kind of talked about the devil taking place, but... Uh, just mainly huge challenges that <laughs> impact sure. I, I think sometimes
2: the church can be a social club mm-hmm. you know it 's our little place and and i don 't want somebody coming in and sitting in my pew you know and, and uh, it 's comfortable and, and and those running those kids mm-hmm. are running you know they're moving around and making noise mm-hmm. and distracting and and uh, i think I think we've got to remember that we do not exist as a is a country club mm-hmm. it's not our little private mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. Uh, we have a gymnasium at church but it's not just for for us to get together as buddies and football mm-hmm. it's an outreach tool so I think I think there's got to be that, that uh, keen awareness that this, this really needs to overarch everything that we do and it's not an afterthought and, and it's got to be got to be so important to us as a, as individuals and, mm-hmm. and as a church and that we're not not forget about this and not you know that's not the only thing we do we worship we fellowship uh, we minister to the needs of people mm-hmm. uh, you know I know even right now the youth group is looking for some mm-hmm. some widows and some mm-hmm. folks in, in mm-hmm. church that, that you can help mm-hmm. and so all those things are, are crucial but uh, well, we just got to got to mm-hmm. make sure we keep that front burner
3: mm-hmm. uh, the other one was what challenges Keeps you from evangelism, and how would you overcome that? Well, I think I
2: think busyness mm-hmm. uh, can can mm-hmm. certainly hinder us, and again, uh, priorities, and and uh, you know we got to keep the main thing the main thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's uh, I, I, my boys went to a basketball camp, and and there was some little motto that they they would say: good, better, best. Never let it rest till your good is better, and your better mm-hmm. is best. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we let good <laughs> things supersede best things mm-hmm. so i think we just need to need to remember that and and uh, i think i think time in a word mm-hmm. helps us stay keep a cutting edge mm-hmm. and and of course time in prayer. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and prayer so just that that constant reminder that's that's why we're here
0: mm-hmm. amen um so jd just a question about kind of like false conversions maybe so people who say Maybe they even prayed the prayer, and they asked the Lord into their heart, but then it kind of seems like they fall away. So I guess the question, like, what what is a, a false conversion? Like, does that mean they were saved and they got unsaved? Like, what's that mean? And then also, how could the church maybe be helpful to them in, like, follow-up, discipleship? Like, what are some things that we, not just as, like, leaders of the church, but just, like, the church at large could do for someone who's recently professed.
2: Sure, I, th- I think that uh, you know there is that likelihood of false conversion, and again, Satan I think wants to to um, give people the impression things are right if they're if they're not right. Mm-hmm. I remember one time, it's been years ago, a guy, uh, a guy's wife was real active in church, and and uh, he he didn't have any any interest, but he did mm-hmm. come. Um, I think sporadically, and, and he mm-hmm. and came forward during the, during the altar call, mm-hmm. and he said, uh, move my membership, you know, move mm-hmm. my letter. And mm-hmm. uh, there, was, there was no evidence mm-hmm. that his heart was with the Lord, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. once upon a time, you know, he had apparently joined the church. Mm-hmm. And I know mm-hmm. that happens, and, and I know that happens because, honestly, that happened to me. Mm-hmm. But when I was a youngster, When my dad was a construction electrician, and we moved around a good bit. We actually we lived in a mobile home, mm-hmm. and when one job was done, they hooked the trailer up and go to the next place. But um, we we moved uh, to to this little town outside Anderson there, and and my family uh, came went forward during the altar call. My mom, my dad, my older brother, and myself uh, to to make that our church home. My mom and dad were, were saved, but I just walked forward with them, and, and they baptized me. Mm-hmm. At that church, but but it wasn't until until a later time I realized I just kind of been tagging on the coattails of my family, mm-hmm. and and really hadn't as an individual mm-hmm. said, "Hey, Lord, I I want to give it to you here." So uh, I think sometimes you know people can maybe in the in this and a stir of emotion mm-hmm. at church camp, possibly in Bible school and at mm-hmm. revival, you know, uh my friend says, Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go forward, will you go with me? or mm-hmm. I will I will if you will, mm-hmm. you know, or grandma said, Hey, it's time for you to time for you to join the church, time for you to get baptized. Mm-hmm. So we just gotta make sure our motives are, are there and I think I think we we just need to we we need to encourage people to examine your heart. It says in mm-hmm. Romans eight sixteen that that uh you know, his spirit confirms with mm-hmm. our spirit that we be- we belong to him. So, mm-hmm. I think there are uh, times when people come back uh, to realize, hey, I'm not sure I got it right the first time. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't. Mm-hmm. The main thing mm-hmm. is that they want to be right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is it, it's possible when that spirit of conviction comes on somebody, maybe they're maybe they're just kind of rededicating their life, or maybe they're genuinely getting yeah. saved now and they didn't before. But mm-hmm. the the and, you know the issue is not so much as what happened then, but but right now, mm-hmm. you know, let's nail down a stick. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's settle this thing mm-hmm. once and for all now and forever. Mm-hmm. And I think what we do, we have that assurance of Jesus. He said, "He that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out." Mm-hmm. So His love for us is eternal. Uh, he He gives salvation. He does not take it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just need to make sure that hey, I, I really do mean what I say, what mm-hmm. I'm signing on the on the. On the line here, that yeah, you died for me. Mm-hmm. I believe that's my only mm-hmm. way to get to heaven, and and I want to receive you not mm-hmm. just as my savior, my ticket to heaven, but as my lord. Mm-hmm. And and you know, this is this is not a cafeteria line. You yeah. can't say, well, I'll take saviorhood but mm-hmm. no lordship. Yeah, you you know, you walk through the, down the cafeteria line, say, so well, I'll take the carrots but no no broccoli. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you take Jesus mm-hmm. as savior and lord. Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're not in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, is it possible that people drift and backslide? Uh, it, it is. And the scriptures talk about the backslider and heart avails much. I think mm-hmm. is the way it, that reads. David backslid, yeah. but David was a man after God's own heart, and mm-hmm. he came back to that. So, I think the the key is if if you're if you're backslidden, uh if if you're away from God and the center of your life, it, it bothers you. Mm-hmm. And and here's another Adrian, Adrian Rogers saying the the Christian uh, the the sinner leaps into sin and loves it. The Christian lapses into sin and loathes it. Mm. It it troubles you. So, okay. so I think that's a good question to ask yourself. If if I can if I can do this, if I can be a, a committing adultery or going out and getting drunk or or, mm. or be doing all this stuff and and doesn't bother me a bit, uh, maybe the Holy Spirit's not yeah not in here. Yeah. But if it troubles me, that's a, that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I think we again an individual has to examine their own heart. Mm-hmm.
1: One one cool thing I got to be there when Kinsler um, and Joe, one of the other uh, gentlemen, was there when the gentleman, the young gentleman, was with us that decided to come to Christ and make Christ his Lord and Savior. Kinzer didn't allow him to just be like, okay, like, do you accept him like as your Lord and Savior? Like he made sure that he understood exactly what happened, and he was asking him questions, and it was just an interesting thing to see, like to make sure he fully understands exactly what happened and 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 why we we have to pray this prayer and actually what it truly means to accept him, not just as you said then going through the motions like, Hey, I know I do some wrong, hey, can I accept like Jesus as my Lord and Savior and then be good and then just go back to doing it, like truly accepting it, understanding what it cost, what it truly cost for us to be able to be saved because we now understand when you, when you have that right relationship and understand it correctly, Jesus got what we deserved so that we can get what he deserved. And I think, I think it's just one of those interesting things. Like I had, you, cause you want to bring as many people obviously as you can, but I mean, what is it? I'd rather have one quality one than a hundred that never really meant what they said.
2: And I think we, and I, I, I'm, I am confident that in my years of ministry, there have been times I have, have been too casual about that commitment. And I, and I respect and appreciate you know, the way Kenzer handled that with, that with that youngster, that, that uh, this, this is a gigantic, major, serious step. Uh, and, and, you know, it's not just say the prayer and you're in. Yeah. Uh, and you say, and I'll, I'll just call the name Joel Osteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. you, you know, he closes his. Says, now, you know, you can ask ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, and if you did, hey, mm-hmm. you're in. Congratulations, you're a member of the family. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there has to be. Somewhere you gotta understand you lost before you get found. Yeah. yeah, and and it's more than just a, a little formula, mm-hmm. more than just magic words you repeat. Yeah. And I think we and and I say we, me, mm-hmm. uh, we, we have to be careful that people realize and understand this is this is jumping into the deep water. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. and and it's it's a whole lifetime thing, mm-hmm. and, and until uh, yeah, uh, it's the rest of the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when I when I marry people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've talked to folks and said, "Hey, you know, if you're into this prenuptial thing, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got an exit strategy, mm-hmm. if, if this doesn't work out, I get the cat and you get the dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not your man. I'm not mm-hmm. marrying you yeah. because this is till death do mm-hmm. us part. Mm-hmm. I am all in, mm-hmm. and so uh, I think absolutely we got to have that that with Jesus, and it is a, a major step. And I, again, I, I certainly respect and appreciate and and uh, wish wish through the years I had had made a, a little more em- emphasis on
0: that myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, um, who was kind of influential in Hitler time period, but he was a very outspoken man against some of the things that were happening in the church. And one thing in his book, on uh, Discipleship, he, he talked about how people think the fact that grace is free to us doesn't mean it was cheap. Mm -hmm. which is a really huge distinct, like it costs Christ Mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. So like, if it comes to us as free, you, you can't forget how heavy and weighty and costly it Mm -hmm. was so that you're not trying to earn it because it was free, but you're like, Oh my goodness. Like I'm doing everything Mm -hmm. for you. Like, and that gets the distinction from obligation to Mm -hmm. I possess, like, this is it. Like, this is all it's for you is out of love and desire. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I think that that is helpful. And, I mean, you're still going to have people, like you said, Jay, it's not a magic formula, mm-hmm. but people were thinking that even back in Jesus' day, saying, Lord, Lord, did we not do this in your name? And he's going to say, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's always going to be, I think, some people who can go through the motions. But if we are careful, mm-hmm. I think it can be helpful. So we mentioned earlier um, some sport evangelism. So, JD, you kind of started a, a gym, actually, and it's called fit for the king for, yeah. for Jesus and uh, maybe talk about any opportunities God's given you or other people through that and also about our our basketball ministry sure
2: sure and and uh, the name is fit for the king some people have said fit for a king no it's known mm-hmm. for the king amen and and so I you know there, there's certainly rationale in God's word to, mm-hmm. to take care of your, of your body your body's a mm-hmm. the temple here's Here's uh, Romans 12.1, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, Mm. holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Mm. And then here over in 1 Corinthians 6.19, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You're not your own. You're bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Mm. And then uh, back in in, uh, John, in, in the third letter of John, verse 2 there is a a wish of John that that he simply says dear friend I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well you know the most important thing in life is not your physical health Uh, there's a passage and I can't remember just where it's at where it says the Lord's not a Impressed with the, the legs of a man, mm-hmm. you know your quadriceps is not as important <laughs> as your as your heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, first things first. But if 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 taking care of the temple is good, that's fine. But if that can be a reminder of folks that there is something more important, mm-hmm. we do have a, a banner on the on the wall that says spiritual fitness is the ultimate fitness. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't matter if you look like Arnold Schwarzenegger or you mm-hmm. could. To run a marathon. Mm-hmm. If if your heart's not right, you're done. Mm-hmm. When it when it's over down here. So, uh, we we want to. I, I think the beauty of of fitness and sports mm-hmm. is not only to to take care of what and be a good steward of what God has given you, but use that as a springboard to mm-hmm. point to other things. And we did we did build a gymnasium mm-hmm. at, at Hanover Baptist, and we didn't do that uh, just as a fun place for us, but. But we started this basketball league. Mm-hmm. We call it the HBA. Mm-hmm. It's not the NBA. <laughs> it's better. Yes. <laughs> the, the, uh, the HBA is Hanover Baptist Athletics, and, and it's kind of kind of patterned a little bit off of upward basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh, before the, it's a league. Mm-hmm. The kids are organized and and on a team. Uh, the coach signs a document that he is he's a mm-hmm. follower of Christ. He or she, and uh, and before every game, then the kids at center court sit down, and we get the whole gymnasium quiet. And somebody will share the gospel. Somebody will share some some story from God's word, some scripture lesson, some object lesson, and that varies, you know, with the, with the youngsters. We we go down to, to three and four year olds, and then up up through middle school. So, uh, but but we try to use that as a as a focal point. I think that. You know, there's there's some different ways churches can use sports. And again, you use that as, it's a tool, it's not an end in itself. Mm-hmm. It's something to give you an audience mm-hmm. to point to yeah. the ultimate coach of, of life, mm-hmm. and that's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we, we have like a, a church softball team. Mm-hmm. But to be on the softball team, you, you're required to attend church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once a month, so you're gonna yeah. hear the gospel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's more than just we want to win a trophy. Mm-hmm. We don't mind
0: winning trophies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's more
2: fun to win than lose. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're three years. In a row, four. Or four. It's four. I think okay. it's four
1: because I made the joke with one of the other people that I was gonna be like Michael Jordan. I was gonna win three, retire for a year, and then come back and have another three. Pete, <laughs> <There you go. laughs> didn't didn't quite happen. Job got in the way, so. That didn't. <laughs>
2: Do you know, and, and of course, another uh, another way a church can use sports mm-hmm. is to is to capitalize on the testimony of some some mm-hmm. well known sports people, mm-hmm. and use that as as again as a springboard to bring attention to the gospel. Several years ago, and this was even before we had our gym at church, there was a, a high school basketball player at Graceland Christian down in New Albany, and he was the first. A Christian school athlete to make the Indiana high school all-stars. His name was David Scott. His dad was on the staff at Graceland Baptist there. In fact, we had, had his dad come and speak at a revival. Mm-hmm. And and at that same revival, we also had John Lots, who had been a basketball coach at, mm-hmm. at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Lots' wife was married to Billy Graham's daughter. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, John. I didn't oh, say that right. Um, <laughs> John Lots. I think John, I can't remember the exact connection, There was in connection with Billy Grant there. Uh-huh. But but uh, you know, to, to use somebody that has a little name recognition and, and have people who are interested in sports to come in and listen to them. And when David Scott came, he, he was a high school kid, but, but he ended up playing, he got a scholarship at Miami of Ohio, uh-huh. did, did one school. Okay. And then he played professional basketball uh-huh. in Europe and, uh-huh. and in South America as well. Yeah. And he's a, he's a coach now, but... I remember what he told those kids. Not just kids, but mm-hmm. the, the audience mm-hmm. here, And we had that at the high school gym mm-hmm. on a Sunday night. He said, this is the order of things for you. Bible, books, basketball. Mm-hmm. Jesus first, mm-hmm. be a good student, mm-hmm. and then come to the priority mm-hmm. sports. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was using athletics mm-hmm. and using sports mm-hmm. as a springboard mm-hmm. to get the word out. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, my brother just sent me a text yesterday. About Carrie Willis, age 26, mm-hmm. a, an Indianapolis Colts player, who uh, who is retiring, and and carries words to pursue the holy call that God has for my life. Mm-hmm. He's going into full time ministry, mm-hmm. so he's quitting pro football, quitting mm-hmm. the, you know that multimillion dollar stuff, yeah. and the big you know be the big name because he says hey this is where it's really at. Mm-hmm. And and you know like here's a tool here I'm, and obviously on the podcast you can't see this but there's uh, <laughs> Sports Spectrum magazine mm-hmm. uh, has has a number of athletes' testimonies mm-hmm. there. So again, sometimes mm-hmm. I know when I was a kid, I, I always looked mm-hmm. up to athletes, mm-hmm. and if, and uh, I was disappointed sometimes mm-hmm. if an athlete mm-hmm. didn't act right, that mm-hmm. kind of tarnished their their view. But some of the some of them, mm-hmm. you know, like just really shined, and I. We appreciated that, and, and I don't know, Kenzer. You have you have used that. You've been a, mm-hmm. a standout high school basketball and college a player, and now you're you're on the coaching staff at the high school. Mm-hmm. And the kids, you, the kids respect you for your faith, but they it, it's your basketball savvy that brought the, the built the bridge mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Uh, so you know, if I walked over there and said, "Hey, I'm gonna tell you guys how to play basketball." <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't. That dog wouldn't hunt. You got okay? a nice Jay. You yeah, i nice sure. <laughs> but, but but because because you have mm-hmm. that that sports skill that mm-hmm. opened the door mm-hmm. for you to have ministry skill, mm-hmm. and and there there's last year mm-hmm. we we saw two of your basketball players mm-hmm. make a commitment to Christ and, mm-hmm. and we baptized them mm-hmm. and they both headed off to college and now mm-hmm. we want them to to be salt to the earth and the light of the world where they yeah. are. So, so here's the the beauty of sports. It's not just an end in itself. It points to the to a better end. Then,
1: I mean, it's kind of funny. You were talking about football because I've always heard it in like Texas. The state of Texas is huge on this, and they they call it the three Fs, and it's faith, family, football, and that's and that's the way they are down there. But um, kind of bridging off of what we just talked about, what would you say is like and you've what's well? Let me finish my question. What's the most re- rewarding part of like evangelizing in sports? Because you've been the chaplain out at Hanover College for their football team for a number of years now. I mean, your son-in-law Mike, he's on the coaching staff, and you have is it five kids or six, five, five. And I think most of them have played sports. You've had a numerous amount of grandkids that have all played sports. Plus, you've just you've, being a part of our church for so long. You got to watch most of us grow up. I know you were there, like, I mean, I've seen you at sporting events, like, for a very long time. So what, well, I would, yeah, just back to the question. What is the most rewarding part about evangelizing in sports?
2: I, I think it's to, to see roots go, go down and mm-hmm. fruit come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember a, a, a Madison High School athlete mm-hmm. who, who played, played football and mm-hmm. ran track. And having him come to church camp mm-hmm. and and share his story with with the mm-hmm. kids, and so you know to see to see them, uh, there, there was a, a guy named Adam Stevenson who played football at Hanover College, and uh, and he loved Jesus and and he came to church, mm-hmm. and you know we'd see him at at chap, football mm-hmm. chapel services, and and Wayne Perry, mm-hmm. uh, Wayne. He is the winningest all-time Indiana collegiate football coach in history, mm-hmm. and and he uses those same three Fs: mm-hmm. faith, family, football, mm-hmm. in, in that order. Because I, I ran into a guy in mm-hmm. Indianapolis one time, and had a conversation with him, he said, "Hey, I played football mm-hmm. at Hanover College, and mm-hmm. Coach Perry always said faith, family, football." So, mm-hmm. uh, but but to see that those things take root. Mm-hmm. Adam Stevenson I came to church. Adam Stevenson graduated. And and went on and and became a high school coach, and we've had him back to speak at football mm-hmm. chapel. But, but but here's an incident about Adam Stevenson that, that just showed his heart. He he was a running back, mm-hmm. and and in a game, Hanover was was apparently dominating, mm-hmm. and and he they were way ahead, and and they pulled him out, you know, to let some of the subs mm-hmm. get in and play, and the and the The scores booth, the statistician folks, called down to the sidelines Mm -hmm. and said, "Hey, Adam is right on the verge of a school individual game rushing record. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you you know if you put him Mm -hmm. back in, he'll have that record." Mm -hmm. They told Adam Stevenson that. Mm -hmm. Adam said, "No, that's all right. Let those guys go ahead and play." Mm -hmm. Just a a beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's not all about me. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and to see that. in, in young people, and mm-hmm. just, just you know, just to, and I, and I, we didn't win Adam Simpson in mm-hmm. Christ. I'm not saying that at all. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's a joy to see mm-hmm. people who who we who we had had to, got to rub shoulders with, mm-hmm. and to see the the fruit of Jesus on on them, and and see them shine for the Lord. Do mm-hmm.
1: You two have any more questions? Because I've got one last question. I think it's a fun one, just to ask people. Um, So, J.D., I'm not sure if you're a coffee drinker. Uh, Not that that has any relevance to the question. Is there any protein in it? That I don't know. (laughs) But um, if you could sit down uh, with Jesus and just ask him any one question, what would that question be and why would you ask it?
2: I think I would say, Lord, why didn't you give Alex
3: hair? to get water, too. Oh, that was... Oh, I about God. spit water everywhere. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. That was good. Oh, <laughs> that was well done.
2: <laughs> no, I, I think... Uh, you, you know, there there are things in life we don't... Understand. Yeah. You know, there's that, that old hymn, we'll understand it better by and by. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've all seen situations where uh, we're a child mm-hmm. it was... Uh, uh, got... Cancer. I've mm-hmm. I've had funerals for, for mm-hmm. precious little children, and and see the you know the heartbreak there, and 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 I know mm-hmm. I know God and His wisdom brings good from bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is uh, he's in charge. But I think uh, uh, you know w- it would be interesting to to see why some of those things that were maybe difficult
0: for us to follow, mm-hmm. perplexing to us, mm-hmm. why they happened uh, mm-hmm. the way they happened. Yeah, kind of to see like the butterfly yeah. effect yeah. down. Like mm-hmm. how how did Like, I think of the parable, like, the smallest mustard seed Mm -hmm. is the smallest seed, then it grows into the biggest tree, and kind of that principle of, like, sometimes a tragedy can grow into, like, you see all the, how the uh, branches out and Mm -hmm. righteousness, and we don't get to see that all the time. We might see, like, one little branch, but, like, if we could see God's point of view, Mm -hmm. I would love to be able to see that, and one day I think we we will when our faith is turned to sight, and we don't see through a glass darkly, but... Face to face, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And somebody says, you know, it's, and this is not a biblical
2: illustration, mm-hmm. but it, but it makes some sense. Kind of like a quilt, you know, those those those, oh, those mm-hmm. old homemade quilts, mm-hmm. a beautiful pattern that you mm-hmm. see from the top. The underside, mm-hmm. uh, ravelings mm-hmm. and yeah. threads and so no. forth, didn't make sense. And we're seeing things from the underside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God okay. sees it from the top side. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm.
1: No? Well, I think I am good. I don't know if you guys have any questions.
2: J.D., you want to pray us out? Absolutely. Lord, well, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for these three young men who are dedicated to you, Lord. Thank you for Kinser and his strong ministry to students and adults. And, and I pray you're going to guide his family. Thanks for Alex, Lord, and the, the growth you, you've put in him, Lord. And he's, he's got a burning desire to see people live for Jesus. And, I, and I've seen some people who who gave him some guff over that, Lord, but he didn't didn't flinch and didn't wilt. So uh, guide him, Lord. I want to thank you for Dean, Lord, and, and for a teenager to say, this is where I'm at, and this is who I love and who I'll serve. And to develop his talents here, Lord, whether it's on a basketball court or with that guitar, or whatever thank you lord that that he's he's going your way so god would you would you just bless this podcast in these days ahead and and bless our ministries god and and give us a a fresh appreciation for what you went through for us thanks for coming for us lord thanks for coming to us to live on the inside of us and and our prayers that you'll live your life through us and we pray that in jesus name Amen. amen amen all
1: right and we will see you guys next week peace